0: Relatively, actually, recent uh, brother, Neville. Yes, Neville. thank you very much. And I, you know, just for this, I'm drinking out of my Canadian cup. Thank you so much, even down in Nashville. <laughs> we appreciate the, uh, the shout out. Yes. So I got in touch with you mm-hmm. through the Freemason Connect app. Love it. Is, it's a great app, isn't it? It's so awesome. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and you know, you sent me your your Masonic history. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, pretty recent. You initiated uh March of twenty uh March twenty nineteen, okay. twenty nineteen, and then raised mm-hmm. January of twenty twenty. So you got in just before the the kind of pandemic hit correct. Well, I'll never forget, it was March
1: 16th when all my, I I'm operate entertainer buses, but all my coaches, all the tours, like Kiss, and I had a number of buses out on Brad Paisley, and they all had to turn around and come back. And that was just, we all thought it was just going to be, you know, okay, maybe a month, maybe two. And
0: look it took it, turned into two, uh, a full year. Yeah. That, yeah. And Knock on wood, you know, vaccines are coming out. Uh, Mm -hmm. So we were just saying before we started recording, you know, uh, I cannot wait to to get my vaccine and for others to get the vaccine just so we can open the border again and I can visit some of my Mm -hmm. Masonic brethren. I was going to say down south, but when you're in Windsor, it's north, you know, up north in Detroit.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, definitely come on down south over to Nashville because, you know, before you hit record, we were talking about my friend, Brad Paisley and Doug Paisley, who are Masons, and Doug Paisley is the, uh, Brad's father who actually sponsored and was one of my references uh, getting into Masonry, and you, you mentioned about country music, so we might have to set something up here for, <laughs> to, for, for Windsor, Canada, to
0: enjoy a little bit of uh, country music and Brad Paisley. That would be amazing. Uh, I love Brad Paisley. I love country music in general uh how you know i think uh, i i've talked about this before with uh, another guest sydney overholzer who i had on the podcast right there's so interesting i find parallels between the music industry and freemasonry mm-hmm. uh i would say the connection is you know i was born uh 1983 mm-hmm. you know in my lifetime um, you know, the number of times I've heard that the music industry was, you know, on its uh, deathbed or struggling, whether it be because of tape Sharing or mm-hmm. Napster. Uh, and now people talking about, you know, the, the, the difficulties of concerts and live events during COVID, but the mm-hmm. industry itself always seems to find a way to survive and even in some ways strive, even in challenging circumstances. Uh. Similar to, I think, Freemasonry in that in that sense, it always finds a way to keep going, even if there are challenging circumstances. You know what I I find that it's because of the human characteristic
1: of adaptability. Like there's a military saying that I like to repeat. It's called "improvise, adapt, and overcome." And when you get any kind of challenges, including with whether it's in our industry or whether it's at home or whether whatever those. Obstacles or challenges that may arise arise. The human characteristic, if it's if it's um, clean, clear, and on the level with itself, I e. you're on the level with yourself. You understand yourself. You have the tools in order to or the practice of the tools in order to handle any situation. Not that we're always going to be the best at handling every situation but we can handle every situation. And that goes with improvise, adapt, and overcome. And I find that the industry, like what you mentioned about Napster, now we're doing digital streaming. Um, now you, you obviously have Spotify and you know, iHeartRadio, et cetera, um, Sirius XM, those are all finally generating income for singers, songwriters uh, through different, whether it's uh, mechanical royalties or performance royalties, they've adapted themselves so that it, the industry can still survive because the industry will always survive because of the vibrational manipulation that music and the audio projection gives to the human spirit whatever it is if you love classical music country music rock it's it's almost like i like to call it a vibrational manipulation of the soul it hits you in a vibrational frequency that you either adapt to or you you know you identify with it and it's always going to be here there's nothing like a live experience like you know i every year i operate bonnaroo i look after the red light management complex i look after the vip complex down there and, it, and i it never gets old i've been doing it for 10 years except for last year obviously covid canceled bonnaroo but it's a great festival of human interaction and human energy that, that happens with that. You even look at it with live sports, how you know 20,000 people in an arena can actually charge up a team that could mount a comeback. Um, there's something to be said for the human spirit. And I, I love that. I, I just think, and that's probably what attracts me to my brothers in, in masonry is because we're all of like mind or most of us are, I guess. <laughs>
0: Some of us are out of their mind, like myself. But you know,
1: but you being uh, out of your mind is like mine. You're you're like minded.
0: There you go. I'll
1: drink to that. Yep. Yep. Me too. I should have put a little bit of
0: uh, rum in here, but. <laughs> sort of. No, no. You're talking to a uh, you're talking to a Windsor kid. <laughs> you should have put in some Hiram uh, Walker whiskey. Give a shout out to oh, they... uh, to Iron Walker. <laughs>
1: nice i might have to look for that down here i do definitely like my whiskeys and bourbons. well being you know tennessee whiskey um and then we're so close to kentucky you're talking kentucky bourbon like buffalo trace and stuff i don't want to drop all these names but some you know like anything moderation you don't want to go overboard but moderation like a nice bourbon and a good cigar there's
0: nothing like capping off a weekend that's very very true I've uh, I've been to a few lodges where you know the night ends with uh, with cigars, which is always a nice way to end
1: a uh, oh. sonic meeting. How is your festive board over there in the Great White North? It de- it
0: depends on the on the lodge. So the, the general mm-hmm. the general festive board is is pretty uh, informal. You know, there's mm-hmm. yeah, ours is most yeah, lodges, most lodges that I attend, I I'm a member of have their festive board or have their their refreshment after the meeting Um, Mm uh it's in by the junior warden it's you know yeah yeah pizza pop beer like it's it's whatever the 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 warden is providing though there are occasions where they'll they'll have a a fancier dinner either before or after for special occasions for
1: special events
0: Um, so it do any of
1: i was going to say do any of the wives ever cook for your pre-meals or Sometimes, sometimes, yes, yeah. yeah, sometimes that happens.
0: Some is, you know, we, we do have a few, not uh, in my lodge, but Rose Lodge, which means that the Masonic Temple mm-hmm. uh, has a, a professional chef as a member. So, oh, no cooking. way. That's a pretty great, yeah, Brian Bachelder, thank you for uh-huh. keeping me well fed, sir. You're watching this. <laughs> a,
1: tell him to come visit,
0: and I'll make sure he cooks for us too. <laughs> I'll be
1: sure to I'll be sure to send it down you're to you. You're welcome Nashville. to Lodge 359 in Hendersonville. Yeah, Hendersonville, Tennessee. Lodge 359. I'll let I'll, I'll let them know you're going to be cooking. Where where is that? Where is Hendersonville? Uh Lodge It's sure. north of It's north of Nashville center. So if it's you're downtown Nashville, it would be um kind of like a suburb, like a little Nashville's kind of sprawled out. You know, you got like Nashville, Franklin, Brentwood, that's all going south. You got Antioch, Murfreesboro, that's going southwest. And then up north you have like Goodlitzville, Hendersonville, uh Madison. And Hendersonville is all part of this kind of I guess what you would call Greater Nashville area, pretty much. It's like from Hendersonville, it's like fifteen minutes to down, like to Broadway. Fifteen 15- Eighteen okay. minutes to Broadway.
0: Yeah, one of my my fondest Masonic memories is uh, getting to visit the Grand Lodge of Tennessee in Nashville. What a beautiful building uh, yes. it was, and, and taking a tour of it was amazing. For me. Nice. So,
2: yeah,
0: the um, we talked before we recording. You know the the Masonic journey. Um, mm-hmm. It's an interesting journey, especially right now uh, with the pandemic and going through it. But I guess my, mm-hmm. my question is, is for your Masonic journey, you know, you mentioned mm-hmm. something interesting when you sent me your biography, uh,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you said, you know, my Masonic journey was a long time coming. Yes. What did, what did you mean? What did you mean by that? Um, wh- Want on coming in terms of you had a a desire to join for many years but it was just later that you could or uh, you had I
1: I guess the way I would
0: put it is I've throughout my
1: life I've met a number of masons and there were you know the one thing common denominator was they were people of integrity and people that I admired and when I was in my youth like I'm talking like in my 20s, um, I was pretty much a rebel. I was a heavy metal rock guitar player, played in a band called Dorian Gray, did the tours, played the biker clubs, etc. And I'd run into people that I, you know, was attracted to and somehow masonry would get brought up. And then I would think, OK, I would love to do that. Yeah, let's do that. And then something would happen and I wouldn't have I, it, I didn't follow through. So, for years, it kept coming and and for some reason, it wasn't until recently when um you know a couple of the Brad Paisley drivers and I found out Doug Paisley were masons and then I found out Brad Paisley was a mason, and I was like, "You know what it's kind of like a little light went off and it's been too coincidental it's not It's not a coincidence. there's been something throughout my entire life that's been going, "Hey." hey, this is, hey, hey, and I'm not paying attention. And then finally, in a, in a really good conversation um, with a couple of masons, I was like, you know what, this is the, my brotherhood. I, I should have done this a long time ago. And then it, when I went through my experience through the three degrees, each and every one, I, I, I'm getting goosebumps telling you this, each and every one hit home, like completely hit home. And it was, it was like I could almost cry. Like when I was raised, I swear I could almost cry. And I w- was when I was thanking it at the end. I was just like, man, I sh- if I would have done this so many years ago, be, you know, but it's better late than never. And I'm so proud to be a Mason. I, I, I can't tell you enough. Um, and, and, I you know, every day I read. There's a book by Carl Davis that I do every day called uh, Making Good Men Better. Uh, it's like a little bit of a, a workbook another one that I do all the time i don't not really plugging this but there's a book called level steps and that's one that i read consistently as well and, you know and and also our little blue book um but every day i get something i could read the same you know what you could read one passage through one of these things like one page and you could read it seven different times and it will in depth, you seven different ways, and that's what I love about masonry. It's a, uh, I don't know. It's, it's just,
0: thank God I'm I'm where I'm at right now. Yeah, that's a um, an interesting point. The way you say there at the end uh, about being you know where you are now. I wonder. I think that's a, a question not just for for masonry but life in terms of. You know, for myself, uh, you know, I always wondered, uh, you know, you always look back and wonder when you make a decision whether it's to, say, join masonry, you know, did you join Mm -hmm. at the right time? Could you have joined earlier? Could you have joined later? You know, for myself, uh, I debated trying to join Freemasonry in Winnipeg, where I grew up, where my dad is a mason.
1: I grew up in Winnipeg. Nice.
0: Great city, isn't it?
1: born and raised, lived in uh little Italy off of Jesse Avenue, and then moved to St james and My parents still lived there in in St James yep
0: I'm a transcona boy myself,
1: oh okay Awesome. been
0: there many a times <laughs> no Murdoch yeah. uh, so I- so
1: what? so Winnipeg was your did you become a mason in Winnipeg?
0: No, no, I didn't become a Mason until uh, 2007 when I lived in and I still live in Windsor, Ontario, I was going Mm -hmm. to school uh, and kind of fell in love with the city and decided, you know, I would um, decided I'd be staying. So I decided to join join the lodge. Mm -hmm. But that that's always the question, I think, is, you know, it seems like people find masonry, maybe this is like a bias, but it seems like people find masonry or join masonry when, when they're ready to join, you know, it's kind of one of those things where it seems to work out, even though you may, you know, I myself think sometimes, what if I had joined when I was in Winnipeg or lived in Ottawa? Mm-hmm. It seems like it worked out. Maybe not for my brothers who are stuck with me, but it seems like I ended up joining at the right time when I could get the most from it. So I think it's sometimes I wonder if Freemasonry it tends to find people or people find it or join it mm. at the, you know, maybe it's a fate or maybe it's just a bias. It seems that people find it and join it when they're most ready to get the most out of it on a lot of occasions.
1: I love that analogy. And sometimes I think what ends up happening, like no matter what time, you know, like your, your age that you do it. I think it is structured in such a way that it pushes the right buttons to make you get it, and then that's why you—that's why we probably feel the way we did—is because it pushed those buttons and made man. If I would have done this when I was twenty, how far would I have been been doing? But you do—you know—everything happens for a reason, and I guess it's you're correct. It's—it's it's, do we find masonry?
0: Does masonry find us?
1: I don't, I don't
0: I don't know. a so yeah, it's one of those is the timeless question, right? Um Yeah. Uh-huh. Do you having, you know, uh seen the effects of the pandemic both on your industry and your profession and on Freemasonry, but also seeing kind of what seems like I'll knock on wood, a uh kind of coming out the other side of this. Mm-hmm. Um I'm curious how do you, how do you see do you think Freemasonry will kind of be quote unquote forever changed in the way that maybe meetings are run or degree work is done, or do you think I I would, say, I would say I would say this. Let's not use the word change like
1: it's a bad thing. Um change can be very, very, very good. And change is a good thing, especially depending on how you look at it, treat it, and what you bring with you when you're when you're making those changes. And from all the perspectives, I I'm a very optimistic person, so I see positive change coming from this. I see I see a lot of gratitude, um, even right now where I, I know you mentioned your lodges were closed, but uh, three fifty nine here. Hendersonville, we' we're, we're having meetings and practice with social distancing we're just not having any uh, uh rituals we're just meeting um, until we feel that it's safe to do so uh, we have lost a few members of our or you know of our lodge um, for various reasons and then some some potentially linked to covid because it's very um older people are very vulnerable, especially if you've got underlying conditions. Uh, My wife is a nurse. She actually just took her second shot uh, for the vaccine um, yesterday and today she actually isn't feeling very well. But that that was to be expected um, on the second shot. So, um, you know, from that perspective, I see us treading a little more cautiously with respect to people's spaces and to Cleanliness, but at the same time, I see a, a strong sense of gratitude when we are able to congregate together. And I'm actually really looking forward to uh, you know some new EAs coming through Lodge 359, and you know um, the going through the various uh, three degrees and attending almost everyone that I can attend. Uh, so. I see something positive coming out of this. I I, I really hope so um, that most of us find a sense of gratitude when we do come from this and go, wow, is that ever a learning curve? You
0: know, <laughs> And that's what it should be, is a learning curve. Do you think it would be the same thing in the music industry? Yes, I do. Uh, yes, 100% I do. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. I, and
1: I really can't wait. We have uh well, some artists I'll name drop a little bit, but uh, James Taylor, Motley Crue, kiss are all big acts that are walking in buses with us for um, uh, June and August, you know, the later summer months and fingers crossed, they're all going to go, you know, like we really don't know, but we're praying that they, they go through. And when they do, even if it's half capacity, I'm, I'll be going to do my PR visits (laughs) so that I get to go see, you know, just to get that feel of live music, it's gonna be with other people and sharing that experience. It's gonna be beautiful. Yep. Yeah, I think that's that's the thing that is kind of
0: driven home. This pandemic has driven home for me is that we, it's one thing to know it intellectually, but you know, on Mm -hmm. an emotional level to realize you know that we really are social creatures and that's something that a concert taps yep. into but also a masonic masonry taps into is is 100% to be social with each other to be around each other
2: um to, 100% to meet. Uh, yep so yeah Oh I that's, can't wait. Yeah.
0: Uh, can't wait. How are your uh Hendersonville and to your knowledge in Tennessee how are lodges dealing with with uh applicants, and apprentices, people or masons waiting to move up the ranks? I know that's one of the big you here in Ontario. It's it's in a metaphorically, they're in on
1: the batters, in the batter's deck or the batters cage. They're um and, and they're piling up. Um, <laughs> so so that's why like when the floodgates open, they will open. We will probably every single week, and maybe even doubling up. Um, I honestly like if I was going to recommend to someone out there, I would recommend you do it on your own because it's really it's such a special experience. I was fortunate enough to um, go through all three stages on my own, and it wasn't like they were trying to get three EAs through or you know three fellow craft through. Um, so it was a very intimate and life, mentally life and heart moving experience for me. Yeah. That is something
0: actually, I was just on a, a meeting last night, a Zoom meeting where he talked about, uh, it was in Alberta, uh, with an Alberta lodge, but the, the concern of yeah, when the, when those floodgates open, the, you know, the, the, um, the tension between a desire to get as many of your applicants through as you can, because they've been waiting for a while, and you know you want to get them, yeah. and you don't want them to wait longer than they have to. Versus, you know, a desire to make each degree special and not maybe doubling or tripling up, but allowing them to go one at a time. I mean, do you think an EA would rather, you know, just maybe have to wait an extra few months, but you can go on your own and it'll be more special?
1: Number one, I think
0: communication is paramount. So,
1: as long as you communicate to the person, and um, my thing is, I would recommend to the person, like, you know, it is a special experience. So, I recommend that you go solo, but we can give them the option. Um, I don't, yeah, it, from my perspective, I would rather see it uh, maybe having setting them up i don't know a tuesday and a thursday and just start uh speeding it through as long as you can get your your members to show up um and everyone can make the time so that these uh new you know the eas or the or or the degrees that these people are are waiting to to go through um can be
2: expedited
1: but not to the extent where it loses something cuz that that's probably from my perspective my biggest fear is that we would lose something and then i i feel like we are doing a disservice to that candidate do you do you know what i mean
2: it's yeah. interesting yeah
0: i it's funny it's either hmm. uh it, it's it's one of those things where it's either like feast or famine if you have you know one obviously for for a candidate going through on your own is very special But I've also, you know, read some some minutes and reports from the the 20s and 50s -hmm. when when you had, you know, a Masonic lodge would put aside a day uh, and they would have like 15 degrees all in a day. You know, they'd start at like 10 Mm -hmm. in the morning and they'd go all through and those seem like they were also special because Mm -hmm. you kind of you're part of a class. So you had like 20 people you all went through it together and, you know, you all got your degree on Saturday.
1: Interesting. It
0: like I, it's like one or the other. But
1: that's so really interesting because I've never heard that. I, I haven't heard it put that way. I've heard of, you know, having that where they do a number of, of degrees in one day, but I didn't think of it the way you just, and you you, I, you might sell me on this because, that i love that idea of a class actually which is yeah, like they all come through the experience but they're sharing different like if you have seven different candidates you're going to have seven slightly different experiences and takeaways so if they're all together and they feel a, a bond there that's a really good
0: experience there's some value in that mm. and it can it can lead to um, friendly competition right where who can, uh, who can recite, who can
2: the, uh, memorize, the,
0: yeah, who memorize <laughs> it, and we can work together. But I think that's uh, a interesting thing. You know, I think 20 or, you know, maybe seven or eight even, you know, it's like a group, it's a class. Uh, mm-hmm. If it's just two, I'm not sure that's the yeah. same feeling you'd get, you know, that no. maybe it's going to be one at a time.
1: Well, it's interesting. When I went through my, uh, uh, you know, basically I was in my fellow craft and I was trying to, memorized there was a, a fellow named Falby that he was a, he's a pharmacist up here in in uh, Hendersonville he and I actually did the the memorization classes together and um there, we did create kind kind of, there's a little bond there um that's interesting we did our you know I was raised he was raised probably 2 weeks before I was um but we did that separately but Just going to practice together all the time and and memorizing together, uh, and then reciting uh, the memorizations together uh, was—it definitely. I I just even talking about it, I feel like a connection with him. It's interesting that you put that that way. I think I'm changing my mind now.
0: (laughs) I've been known to to do that to people sometimes. It's. Yeah, I don't know if there, there is necessarily a right way, but there is definitely hmm. that connection, uh, hmm. is something that I think can be very strong in Freemasonry, just in general. You know, a connection between yeah. a applicant and a sponsor or mm-hmm. a candidate and the mentor. Yes. Mm-hmm. T- yeah. Tell me a little bit about that about kind of that connection for you, Masonically, like who do you with Doug you know, Pazer? or just in general, kind of the the connections you make in a Masonic lodge on your Masonic journey and how those help you in Masonry and in life as well?
1: Well, I I think one of the strongest connections I made was was with the fellow by the name of Lou. He's an older member. And throughout the whole thing, he and I, he was my mentor for practicing and, and learning and memorization. And I just we just had It was beautiful to get that kind of bond with one person in a lodge, especially an elder person in that lodge, where you develop uh, a strong connection and affinity for. Um, And he's one person I truly look forward to to meeting because a lot of times in practice we would just sometimes they would take longer because Lou and I would get off on tangents about you know love's life. Things we enjoy, like I, I have a really cool uh, 2016 Mustang. He had, he has a Mustang that he's had for years. Um, you know, just different things that you find connections with, and the type of integrity that that person has um, in the lodge. Like our, our current uh, um, Grand Master uh, is or actually everyone in the lodge is it's just awesome they're just like top shelf people and you know we we all have our little idiosyncrasies and you know some are touchy some are not some are you know you respect the persons um i don't know nature versus nurture how they were brought up but um in a nutshell i mean i would back every single one of those people that are in my lodge it's 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 a lot different, I, I think, like, because I play team sports. So I have a, a bonding with the people like on the hockey teams and the high school teams that I coach. But there's a different level when it comes to the Brotherhood of Masonry. It's a, and I really can't find the words to quite explain it other than everything else. I, mean, I hate using the bar analogy, but everything else is like the regular shelf and then that top shelf where there's like the elite and you only take it down for special occasions that's that level of masonry or masonic brotherhood and it's just a different vibe and a different feel that is just second to none really Um, and i wish everyone could experience but it's special because it is i guess elite and Mysterious to to the outside people, and once you get in, you understand the beauty of it, you know, and the beauty that it does for you as well, and for others.
0: I I gotta ask uh, about if you know any or you have any any stories about music's connection or possible connection between music and and bands and and Freemasonry. I know you mentioned you know Brad Paisley. Yes, there's, which is, there's a lot.
1: There, yeah. there are a lot of traveling brothers in, in the music industry. Uh, whether they're guitar techs, I have a lot of uh, brothers that are bus drivers that are in the um, that are mason masons, and they we're everywhere. And there is a strong connection. I mean, we're in the elite sections of like uh, the CMAs, and we're you know there are brothers in Warner Chapel, they're brothers at CAA, there were the, the other beauty I love about it is sometimes we don't know each other until we mingle and then we find out and it's like no way oh and you just you know all of a sudden like where you're in a social environment say like I'm at a leadership music um, I'm a member of this this organization called leadership music here in Nashville and I'm at a function for leadership music and the, you know, I wouldn't even suspect that this person's a, a, a mason. And then I might see a little pin or I might see a, the ring. And the next thing, you know, we had a plutonic relationship. It was just kind of like, oh yeah, I know Patrick. Oh, blah, blah, blah. And then it's, oh, you're a mason. Oh, just went to the next level. And then you have your conversation and now all of a sudden you're on the top shelf. You know what I mean? And, and you, you can't replace, it's just a beautiful
0: serendipity when when that happens, and I love it. It's awesome. Are there any bits of of trivia my mm. you know my every mason I think favorite pastime is to watch something on television <laughs> and then find a masonic reference and freak out, you know like uh oh i've yeah uh, uh, yes, I'm trying to think off the top of my head I know that the band um what, the band Wild Horses I think it was. Yep. Mm-hmm. they filmed their music video at the Grand Lodge of Tennessee, I believe it was, mm-hmm. or National His temple Temple. i d I've seen Matt Stell's song Home in a Hometown. The start of yep. it has uh Joko Lodge, I believe, in it. Mm-hmm. Um you know, any uh or uh you know, the Detroit Masonic Temple has all sorts of connections to music. Uh, mm-hmm. Any cool pieces, any cool pieces of trivia or or things that Masons can look out for in music videos or just, you know, famous filming locations, things like that? You know what? Not
1: necessarily off the top of my head right now. Um, other than what I can add to that is like people like, you know, in the, the football, in, you or like the NFL, you look at Brad Paisley and, and Peyton Manning doing those commercials, etc. Both are Masons, um, and they're 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 top shelf people. Um, yeah, it, it, there's been a lot of bands that I know of that have members that are um, Masons, uh, but as far as like having symbolisms in their videos, I can't tell you off of the top of my head, but they're there. I mean, even in films, I can't remember, uh, just recently someone sent me a, a video clip and it was like of an act, one of the older actors and he literally had a Masonic pin. But you wouldn't have caught it unless you freeze framed it and kind of zoomed in and went, hey, that's a Masonic pin, you know, and obviously he's not going to wear it unless, well, I believe he wouldn't wear it unless he's truly a Mason. I mean, that's another respect that you have with, uh, you're not wearing a master mason's pin if you're an entered apprentice or a fellow craft, you don't uh, earn that right or respect, you know, within. And I I believe that we should always follow those
0: certain rules and regulations that we have. What about from a venue perspective? I, being being right across from Detroit, you know, the Detroit Masonic Temple is a well-known it's not just a a well-known masonic home but it's Mm -hmm. a community home in fact i know many people in windsor who you know would go to the detroit masonic temple and they wouldn't put it together that it's a masonic temple they would call it that but to them it was a concert venue right Uh, how many um, do you know do you know of other uh, masonic temples uh that are also You know, very famous music venues, or have hosted
1: musicians. No, but I do know one that's supposed to be haunted. Which one? The one down. It's in. uh, So it's south of Nashville. Uh, Off the top of my head, what I'll have to do is I'll 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 pull it out for you because I'll have to go on the computer and dig it. But it is. It actually used to be a during the Civil War. It was used as a hospital, and they say that. There are spirits and ghosts that actually, and it's still an active uh, Masonic temple. But apparently, it's apparently it's haunted, and some some brothers have experienced the hauntedness of it. But it's it's on the historic. What do they call that? The the historic registry. Um, I'll definitely send you the picture. I'll send you
0: the link. That is awesome. Yeah, I love that. I loved yeah. it. I'll throw the link in the, <laughs> the comments. The Windsor Masonic Temple is haunted as well. My my Masonic Temple is haunted. Oh. So, you know, okay. I love, <laughs> stuff. I love ghosts. So. You love ghosts. You get chills when they walk oh, by you. I, I do. It's my it's my favorite uh, it's one of my favorite uh, things. It's, is ghosts, and scary things. That's funny. It Paranormal was, activity. activity. There you go. And you know, uh, I did an interview with with brethren from Norfolk. Masonic Temple, mm-hmm. uh another a very interesting concert venue itself, but also it does uh, every Halloween it puts on a um, haunted Masonic Temple and it has ghosts and goblins and it's a really cool thing that they do. So I love that type of right. stuff.
1: <laughs> I bet Halloween must
0: be fun at your lodge. Yeah, you know the ghosts are friendly; they're all brothers, so it's cool. Oh, okay, good. That's awesome. I can live with that. You're. Uh, We've talked about your Masonic journey mm-hmm. so far, uh, and and how it's changed and and adapted under COVID. Um, mm-hmm. You know, are there any moving forward? Are there any things in your Masonic journey you're looking forward to? Do you have any ideas, or are you kind of my my philosophy is I always try not to plan too much because you know the best laid plans. I like to. Um, mm-hmm. Just kind of enjoy the journey as i'm taking it i guess my question for you is is are there things you're looking forward to in your masonic journey or are you kind of taking it moment by moment i
1: am taking it moment by moment right now but i definitely have plans i want to run through the seeds. um i have plans but i have two more years and then i'm going to semi-retire and when I mean semi-retire, I I don't really believe in retiring. I just believe in changing activities that take up your time, um, which would be I would love to dedicate more time. I'd yeah, I'd like to be like Lou um, and and dedicate my service to my brothers and progress through that um, arena, and that that will happen in the next couple of years when I can. Leave behind my managerial hat and leave behind all this uh, crazy touring industry um, business and move on to something a little more peaceful and a little
0: more, um,
1: I don't know, soul feeding.
0: <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm, I love going through the, the chairs. I'm a past master a couple of times. Oh, awesome. The, I, uh, as a, uh, you know, in my opinion, the one chair and I think it's the same in the States yep. that maybe doesn't always get the, the respect or, or, or it doesn't always get noticed as much as it should. I really think the deacons are such an oh. important uh, to me that the first time I went through the chairs, I actually skipped those. I went in mm. when in Canada, we have what's called an inner guard. And then that goes from regard to deacon, and I skipped it the first time around and went right to junior warden. And right. I really think the deacons are such an important chair because they really do set the tone mm. for you know not to give too much away. Uh, mm-hmm. Not everybody watches this as Mason, but you know right. if you have a nervous deacon, you're going to have a nervous candidate. You know you're going to have interesting. Yeah, it's i've always found that that's one chair when people talk about offices that are every office is important but Mm -hmm. i think the deacons chair the importance of it is sometimes lost on brethren. just that's a bit of a tangent but you know a a good a good deacon who's calm and knows what they're doing really helps set the tone for a degree and for lodge work and even for bringing in a dignitary i don't know if you the same thing or if you I guess what what is your thoughts been looking at the different offices in a lodge and what they do? I like
1: the Tyler just
0: because he gets to carry a sword.
1: <laughs> but but as far as uh I mean to me the mask the, the, the grant or um I mean all chairs are important, I believe. I, I never really thought of the deacon role, but it makes sense what you just said because that is the can like go the, the that's like the shepherd for the candidate, and if that shepherd's nervous, yeah, you're. You, it's all energy. You're gonna pass off on, on, that energy is gonna come across. Um, yeah, I, I don't really have anything too much to add to that because I haven't been through the seats. So you know, I, I, and I, I was curious. Like, where do I do I start at junior warden? Where do you start?
0: Like, what's the uh, in 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 Ontario, right? It's it starts typically starts with the steward, um, okay, which are like assistants to the, the junior warden in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: right. Yeah,
0: that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It's every office is so so val valuable, you know. But it's you, really said you, jumped. you said I you jump. You said you jump. Yeah. yeah. I, I jumped the first time. So when I was my mother lodge Windsor Lodge, I jumped from inner guard to junior warden just because of okay. who could be and couldn't be an officer at the time. Um, I, I don't regret it because I was proud to be. That was this next step to being master. Mm-hmm. But I was very happy that when I affiliated with another lodge and I went through their chairs, I got to be a uh, and mm-hmm. take candidates through. And yeah, I just that really you know, too I've been a Mason for about thirteen years and to this day I do think that the the deacon is maybe not the most important office, but definitely the most overlooked in terms of what what a good deacon provides to a lodge, especially during a degree. Right. Yeah, because I've been to lodges where you have a nervous deacon and, and you can just sense it in the candidate and in the work that's done as a result versus, right. you know, one who's calm and relaxed. So mm-hmm. I would say if you get a chance, you know, when you're going through the chairs and, and when you're yes, deacon, it's just such a, an, uh, and it really is in a sense a, a privilege to be able to be a guide for a candidate going through, you know, mm-hmm. and, and to be the one who shepherds him safely, if you will, through the through yep. degree. Correct.
2: Yeah. I'm glad uh, we're talking about this.
1: I, I feel honored that you even asked me to come on your podcast. It's uh,
0: Thank you. I, you wanted to, I wanted to have you, and that brings up a very good point, which I wanted to touch on. The way that yes. I invited you onto this podcast was through the Freemason Connect app. Uh, I've had Luke Evans, who created the app on, but tell me about your involvement with the app and just what you think of it. Uh, and how it's helped you know sonic what journey.
1: i can't even think of uh, i'm trying to remember what sparked me or how i found it and um i can't remember if it was maybe on because on facebook i belong to one of the groups um one of the masonic groups on facebook and you know like any social media uh platform sometimes If you have too many members, it can get convoluted. You have opinions, you got people. Because in in masonry, to me, one of the the biggest things or one of the most powerful things that I I know about it, that I love about it, is the brotherly love. And brotherly love, like a house divided, will fall. And if you start bringing in politics and religions into it, like viewpoints, um, that can be a slippery slope unless you have people that are very um, strong, spiritually, and very uh, empathetically conscious of others. And so that so it was kind of like on that platform, I was just seeing some things, especially during the political upheaval that was going on over here in the in the US with Trump and, you know, Democrats, Republicans and stuff. And it took on this slippery kind of Thing. So it, it kind of turned me off a little bit, where I was I was posting positive posts because that's the kind of guy I am, but um, somehow I saw something and I looked into it, which is the app, and I figured I'd give it a try. And I want I love the vetting process because that's what's missing on a lot of social media platforms. It's like take a picture of your card so that I could see like, you know, in our, our cards, there's the signature and the lodge and has the secretary's name, et cetera. So to me, I, I'm not saying that's a perfect way of vetting, but it is a way of vetting. And I started seeing brothers from where I live, you know, like Windsor and, and when I was waiting for my green card in Vancouver, like BC and then other brothers. And I'm thinking, what an awesome app to get to know your other brothers of You know, brothers from another mother that are just out different parts of the country, and that are of like mind. And so, I'm still experiencing it because I'm still new to it. But from my initial experience, and obviously being asked on this, um, I'm loving it. I think it's a beautiful idea. But I still feel that you know, the ones that are operating it, make sure you vet it properly. You know, keep up the good work is what
0: I would say, so that we can talk like this. The the vetting process, right, in anything, whether it be these apps or even, you know, guarding the West Gate is so important.
1: Yes. I think
0: it's masonry, right?
1: Right. Well, and and that
0: also metaphorically translates into your mind and,
1: and the people that you surround yourself in life is you have to have like whether you're reading I don't know fake news or whatever. You have to have an invisible Tyler guarding your gate of your mind and guarding the gate of your soul and your spirit to make sure that they uh, are allowing the right people or the right information or the right spiritual energy into you. So we're we're constantly on guard. We will be until the day our Creator takes us back. You know, so and that doesn't mean you got to walk around fearful it's just be you know be that guy uh, that walks quietly and carries a big stick
0: <laughs> absolutely yeah so uh, one one thing that i would suggest that people allow into, into uh their mind and, and uh, take a look at is uh your podcast which you, you totally got on spotify oh. Uh, yes. I'm gonna, I got something uh, I got to show you from my time in in Nashville. Okay. Uh, so I was trying to grab that, but could you talk quickly about the company pioneer coach podcast, how to find yes. it? And a bit about company, uh, about pioneer coach as well, just in general. Well, pioneer coach started in 2001 and what it
1: is, is it's a high end, uh, entertainer bus company it's and they're basically sleeper coaches uh we build our own and they they cost about eight hundred thousand plus depending we've built custom coaches for artists like uh uh, alicia keys and 21 pilots etc and those buses are usually like in the 1 million north of a million dollars and you know if you have the money we'll build it and they're sleeper coaches we also build 12 bunkers there for crew and they transport they're basically a hotel on wheels and they transport, you know, techs, crew, band, artists from city to city when they go out on these tours. And country artists every weekend they go out and they have a, an entourage of about three to five buses and semi trucks and it's basically their home on wheels. They do a show, the drivers show up at eleven o'clock at night, everybody loads up and they move on to the next city. And Every, the drivers have to be smooth and safe and good people. And they got to be molly maids. and um, They safely transport the client to the next city. They wake up in the morning. Drivers clean their buses and then they go to the hotels. And the band wakes up and the artists wake up at the venue. And then they go and they perform their shows and then they move on. It's really a nomadic life. Very, you know. It, <laughs> and like I mentioned earlier, there's a lot of drivers. and artists out on the road that are maces, um because they are travelers and that's the industry that we work with which is pioneer coach and i have been with the company since 2001 i'm a manager fleet operations and driver manager here and uh you know we had a podcast or we we have a podcast it's it's you can find it on all the podcast formats called pioneer coach um an inside look i think it was pioneer coach and inside look but what the podcast originally started at was podcast the first episode is the history of the entertainment coach industry like where it started back in the 40s and it started with old seated coaches where blues artists and country artists would rip out the seats in the back and basically just throw a mattress down so they could sleep in them and then you fast forward into the 50s and 60s and then someone went oh let's bolt a couch to the the floor and let's do this and then they turned into like motorhomes so but motorhomes that could take 12 to 20 people on the road with them and as it rolled into the 60s you know they became almost what they are now which would be bathrooms TVs you know couch uh, maybe a master bedroom in the back and you know with new technologies and stuff you fast forward in through the 70s and 80s and you get these luxury coaches and once the 90s hit you started to get what we have now and if uh, your listeners want to go to our website we have pictures of what we build in the interiors and you'll be amazed at um what our interior builders do it's my Jeff White, who's our designer, used to work for NASCAR. And he just basically tells me, well, it's a glorified hallway that I have to make to look like an apartment. So, so that's really what he's doing. It's like taking a hallway and trying to make it look as comfortable as possible. And uh, our website is www.pioneercoach.com. And go to the fleet and you'll see some of the amazing builds that our guys do. And it is a luxury form of transportation. Through COVID, we actually, uh, it was a lifesaver for our company because the industry's been completely shut down. But it was a tragedy too. The hurricane in, in Louisiana, uh, FEMA used 42 of our buses to house the workers. And, you know, we were able to get paid for that. And It was almost a month or month or more of our buses down there. So thank God, you know, for that. Was able to give us enough revenue to keep the doors open, everybody else is laid off. you know my drivers are on furlough, working for other companies as commercial drivers, but um I'm looking at ninety five percent of the drivers coming back in uh may, June, July when the industry starts to kick in, so I'm blessed that way, but it's uh it pretty much is like I said a hotel on wheels to transport all the people that are involved in the shows that you see whether it's at arena stage or sheds um we're the ones that bring them there safely
0: that's what we do i will definitely throw the link uh the website link in the, the comments or in the uh, description for this video you know Thank my, you. My, my my dream is uh you know, when I'm <laughs> in there, is to you know be <laughs> able to get uh one of those styles of buses uh, Mm-hmm. And just travel around and do like a touring of you know all the Masonic lodges or temples you know through through Canada or through the states or something like that. I think that'd be an amazing thing to do
1: You just gave me an idea that would be a brilliant plan to piece something like that together and use one of these types of buses like literally put a package together and you could easily like most of the buses if it's a working horse bus it's 12 people can travel um usually more comfortable it's 8 you put them into 8 bunks and if you had 8 masons that wanted to go and say you do a you know i guess you'd have to when you did the logistics you'd have to make sure i don't know like when they have their their meetings etc how you would route it so that it makes sense and there would be someone there to take you on tours but that's a brilliant
0: idea. Look at I, you. I, I got a couple. I, I need mean, the, the meetings. Uh, you, know, you don't even necessarily need to, to to base it on meetings per
2: se, though. That would be
0: mm. maybe the, the most fun. But, you know, you could um, like in Ontario, for example, every mm-hmm. um, normally every year around this time, I would be on the road. In a whole bunch of these small little towns, because our grandmaster has his different uh, receptions Mm -hmm. throughout. You know, so he'll be, you know, Monday he'll be in like Chatham, Tuesday maybe Ruthven, Toronto, Stratford, Mm -hmm. like all these all these towns every day of the week. You know, as part of uh, Mm -hmm. the receptions, and then you know he'll go up north, which is interesting in Ontario up north. You know, it's you're flying there basically. But you know, you could you could tie it in with that. You could tie it in with all sorts of different different things, or even just tours of buildings. You know, you stop by and you Mm -hmm. the the. But yeah, I I just think that that's one of my dreams is to one day do something like that.
1: That is a really good idea. Very good idea. I might you and I are outside of the podcast. Let's uh, converse on an email on this. And maybe we can put something together. Yeah, maybe we can, and then send it out to the brothers. I mean, obviously, you know, you know, there's fuel and driver costs, etc. But you know, I know some guy in the
0: bus industry where we could probably get a (laughs) deal. And
1: hopefully, you know, I'm
0: sure if you took, you know, eight, eight, nine—I don't know how many—you could legally fit in a bus because I've been able to take some bus trips where we may have packed the thing a bit, uh, a bit more than we're supposed to but you know if you if you divide up the costs amongst several brethren i'm sure something would be fine i don't know it just seems like a really cool thing
1: Mm -hmm. you can fit 12 people on a bus okay on our on our kind of coaches it would be 12 people because they're sleeper coaches so instead of having a hotel you're rolling with your hotel which means you save money on actually staying in a hotel i mean if you wanted to you could rent a get a shower room for the guys to shower but we also have shower buses so you could have a 12 bunk shower bus and pretty much it's your home on wheels stock the fridge it's a full-size fridge convection oven
0: that would be very cool i'd love to talk more about that we will we'll, we'll do it outside the podcast something else i gotta i got it i gotta show this because this is you know when okay. i was visiting Nashville and had the yep. chance to visit the Masonic Temple. I also visited another place. Now my parents watch this, so mom, close your eyes. But I found, <laughs> I got mom, this mom. And, uh, See if I can get it. In front of the oh no. <laughs> Move it a little more this way. Okay, yeah. Let's see if I can maybe, hold on one second. That is awesome. I gotta make sure that people <laughs> watching this can oh uh, where is it, or is it yeah on the i know
1: ex i know exactly where that is and where you were <laughs> i hate to say it
0: but yes i know i drive by it all the time <laughs> see if you, you drive by it i'm not saying i'm not going to say how i got that sweatshirt but
2: the point is uh,
0: i am an official member of that's the awesome point is club. you have a souvenir yes yeah, stripper club deja vu yeah I'd like to say to, I forget her name, but she was, thank you for the sweatshirt. She's (laughs) a very friendly and kind lady. Oh, they will love it. They just got a (laughs) plug. I'll put their website in the comments uh, in the description Uh, of the video too. (laughs) That
1: uh, that is awesome. That's funny. Yeah, I go by there on
0: my way to hockey because it's over by Centennial
1: Sportsplex. There's like three different hockey, big hockey rinks here in Nashville, which is kind of odd. Since I come from Winnipeg, I've played hockey all my life. I played on the York Yeoman while well, far like was on that team in whatever. But then they dump, drop me, and I ended up being on the house league. But anyways, that's another story. But I got to play. I'm still playing hockey, like I mentioned. And what I loved when I moved down here is Nashville Predators brought this southern town into the hockey world. And they are diehard hockey fans with the Nashville Predators. The high, almost every high school here has a hockey team. It's it's like I I don't get homesick because I got music, I got hockey, and I got great southern food. So it's like, what are you gonna miss? I miss that my is- Canadian brothers but yeah it's and there's a lot of canadians down here too um from winnipeg ontario everywhere there's actually a group on facebook that i belong to called the uh, canadians in nashville and it's a, <laughs> so so we we have our own
0: large community down here as well you know when you have canadians and country music and hockey and southern <laughs> food that's really all you need I can't think of anything else that
1: me you
0: happy with those things well come visit invitations open I would love to absolutely well thank you so much for for talking to me all the way down in Nashville I really appreciate the time and it was a really great interview I loved it